0: Let's, uh, we have some, uh, some fun things in Nehemiah today, and I promise you'll be blessed by the Word because the Word is powerful, and God is going to make it practical for you in, in His Word. I really believe the Lord spoke to me um, this week, but this is, this is really one of those messages that, um, that's bigger than most messages. It's not bigger in its time or it's in, in that kind of scope, but more in its impact. Uh, this is one. I, I preach a lot of different messages, different things, different concepts, because the scriptures cover a lot of different topics. But this one is a, a simple, but yet one of the most powerful principles um, that you will ever encounter. It's it's, and it and it has a caveat at the end uh, that I'll save till the end. Um, but that, um, well, I'll save it till the end. I'm terrible at keeping <laughs> secrets, Jody. Right? <laughs> you know what I got you for your birthday? <laughs> she goes don't tell me and I go I won't but I got you a I'm terrible with that anyway father I thank you for uh, Lord just the love you have for each of the people here Lord you know them and you know their story you know their background you know all the things that brought them to this point in their lives Lord there are some that are doubting that where you are and how you're going to fulfill some of the promises you've made. And I pray that you'd remind them, Lord, of your goodness. And uh, you're faithful in all your ways. I know that. I know that about you. And, Lord, your loyalty to us is unfathomable. Lord, and I, I want to do the same with you. I want to be loyal. Lord, I know I'm not perfect, and I need the provision of Christ every moment of every day. But Lord, as you're changing me, I want to become more like you are in your generosity, the way you handle resources. I want to be like you. I want to be a blessing to other people, Lord. And I thank you for the forgiveness, Lord, when I fall short. Lord, that it's always there. Your mercies are new every morning, every single morning. And I pray that you'd pour that mercy and that grace on each one of us Lord encourage us make us stronger than when we walk, walked into this building make us stronger than we were give us a power that we have no control over the, the, the spigot so to speak that you can let it flow according to your provision rather than our ability to consume it draw us close to you and Lord we lift up our trials and our problems to you Lord, would you help us resolve them and to think about them in new ways? Give us creativity. Lord, go before us. We submit our hearts to you too, Lord. I know that you aren't so shallow that you'll just kind of just change a situation to make it easier, but that you want to change us and who we are. And Lord, that's difficult for us to understand because I, like everyone else, we're so resistant Soften our hearts, Lord. Make us more pliable to you. Pour out your blessing. And do you have someone in mind? Don't open your eyes. Just do you have someone in mind that you want to see the blessings of the Lord come to right now? Someone in your life. Someone you've thought of. Lord, we lift those people up to you and we ask that you bless them. Pour out your spirit upon them. Be generous with them, Lord. That's who you are. Open up your word today. In Jesus' name, Amen. It's awesome to see the goodness of God. You know, I was this is a random thought, but you know, I we had some people that we led to Christ uh, about seven or eight years ago, and uh, it was kind of what kind of triggered it for me. Is you know, just be, seeing my daughter and her friends, and I've lo- I've watched a lot of these young ladies and young men grow up, and watching their hunger for God grow and them really answering the call uh, you know to what God has for them most of you think that I'm in the ministry and that you're just coming here to hear me be in the ministry but the truth of the reality in the bible you're in the ministry and I'm a supporter of the ministry do I hear amen, amen. that that's really how the scripture is it, it's it's not there's one man up there he's the anointed man of god no trust me turn to someone and say you're anointed because where the spirit of the Lord is, that's where the anointing is, <clears throat> and you think that the anointing just comes by you know striving, but do you understand that the provision comes to the cross and what what God is doing and jody Jody and I had these friends that we uh, led to the Lord, and it was just it's just a, I won't go into all the details, but um, she was leading one of the gals to the Lord, I was leading one of the guys to the Lord and They were going through a really terrible tragedy at the time, and God got a hold of them and uh, took them from going in this direction completely the opposite. And then about six, seven years ago, they moved down south to southern Utah. And uh, my daughter was looking on Facebook, and she goes, look, Dad. And it's the the daughter that they had. It was just a young girl at the time. She was in some of my classes. Um, And it says she's going to Bible college. And And I thought, man, this is so cool. It's so cool to see you know, broken lives and then God turns around and he restores things. Amen. He makes things new. He takes things that are broken and beyond repair. And and they could it could be like the way he describes it in the Old Testament is he says, He restores what the locusts have eaten. And I and I you can kind of just go, That's cool, Lord, but if you look at it, this swarm of locusts has come into this field and devoured everything. I mean, it's just taking all the crops, everything you were depending on. This was going to pay your combine and your tractor off. And, you know, you were going to get some profit so you can, you know, build another silo. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I'm from L.A. So <laughs> I only know farmers because Jody grew up in a small town and she's got friends that are farmers. And I sit and ask them questions. But uh, <clears throat> what's that? And they go, that's a tractor. And I go, cool. <laughs> I go, what are those? And they go, those are Pigs. And I go, can I see the pigs? And I go, they go, yeah. And they go, first, we, you need to take a bath. And I go, oh, no, you don't have to clean the pigs up for me. And they go, no, you don't understand. You have to take a bath before you go see the pigs. I go, what? And that's so I don't give them diseases, because they're a commodity. And trust me, I want my bacon fresh when I go to Village Inn. <laughs> okay, that's my whole sermon. Let's bow in prayer and close. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> The Lord's about to remove me from ministry. Do you understand that? <laughs> He's this close. There's another pastor in waiting in the hallway who's going, I'm ready to go. There's <laughs> a so big hook's gonna come and pull me up. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> okay. This is really gonna be the heart of this message here, and it has to do with that that story that I just mentioned here from seeing that girl on Facebook. When you understand the grace of God or the mercy of God, anything like that, and you receive it from the Lord, the way that you know that you received it from the Lord, like you really accepted it, is when you start to see yourself give it away. That's how you know. And this is really the heart of my message, God's provision. It shows up in all kinds of ways. It's the grace of God. You know when you receive the grace of God because then you start to give it away you receive it and then you start to distribute it. If you've done things that you know you need forgiveness for and there's no one here that has not done things that they need forgiveness, when you experience the forgiveness and you've accepted it in humility because it's a humbling thing because you have to accept that you've done something and you receive the forgiveness, you know that you did when you start extending the forgiveness to someone else. You know, and, you know, Jesus, Jesus' provision is not confession. You know, Jesus didn't come down and say, and I know it says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is, the good news is you get to tell people what you did so you can be forgiven. That's not the gospel. Not at all. That's only a working out of what the real gospel is, which is Jesus Christ paid for your forgiveness. He paid it's paid. It is covered. The grace and provision for your life has been paid for. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The mercy. The, the, and so God's provision, when you receive finances from the Lord and you know it's the provision of the Lord, then you will operate with that and start to distribute it. And I say it like this. What you do with your, and I don't just mean money, but it's your talent, whatever, but money is an easy one to objectify. What you do with the first dollar you ever get, what you do with that $1, is what you'll do with the $10. What you do with the $10 is what you'll do with the $100. If you're generous with the first part, you'll be generous. If you have one friend, and you're good with that friend, you'll be good with other friends. You get talent, and it comes into your life, and you distribute it for the cause of the good. God will pour more talent in your heart, in your life. It's the way that it works. It's the provision that he has. If you gossip with one person, what do you think you're going to do when that other person isn't around, right? Listen, I was telling, because, you know, Arthur married my daughter, Rachel, and my, my wife says, you always watch. If you, if you're, women, if you're interested in a man, watch how they treat their mom. Right? If they're good with their mom, they'll probably be good with you. Because eventually it'll catch up. I know there's exceptions and bad relationships, and I'm not going to judge every relationship, but it's a general principle. If you have somebody that's always gossiping to you, what do you think they're doing when you're not around? They're talking about you. In fact, it reminds me of this guy. Let me tell you about him. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally. Now, this is so important. I'm going to get to some really cool stuff in this one, but I really want you to get this. When you receive it, when you receive, whether it's the grace of God, whether it's the heart of God, you know that you've received the forgiveness. Like some people, you'll tell them, you're forgiven by the Lord. And they go, yeah, yeah, I know, but they can't be forgiven. And so they always walk in this condemnation. They're always feeling guilty. They, they don't understand the fact that you wake up in the morning and it's a new day. Amen? Yeah. Can everyone just say, tomorrow is gone. Tomorrow is gone. Say, I am forgiven. And let the Lord live freshly today in your life. Today is the day day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and what? Be glad glad in it. Let us be glad in it. That day is not just a present day. It's the day of the Lord when he made provision. It's the day, the day of, of him and his courts, Jesus Christ bringing provision for us. Many times the Lord has spoken to me through the years, where he'll ask me a question. And at first, you know, I get this question in my mind, and I start going, Lord, is this the enemy? Is this that tempting me? And I thought, no, that's not how the Lord is. And and and, and then through the years, I've really gotten accustomed to asking this to me on purpose to, to let me know where my heart is. He'll say to me, he'll say something like, "Like I'll see an opportunity of some sort. And he'll he'll just ask me, do you want that opportunity? And I'll just think to myself, I imagine if I win it or I get it or something, I'll go, yeah, I want that. And he goes, at the expense of what your true calling is, and I'll go, like I almost go, it's so cool. (laughs) How can I not want it? But then then, then you know the Lord, and then you're going, no, Lord, I'm just going to die to it right now. I'm going to die to it. I want what you want. I want to have what you want. Many times we'll say no to the the things that the world, but what if I give you this? What if I gave you all that and it would be huge? And I go, well, Lord, we could use it for your kingdom, but what if it's not what's best for you? And then I'll just go, and then the Lord will want me to say it. He'll want me to say it. He'll want me to commit to it in my heart. He'll want me to die to it. It's like a death. It's like an ambition of some sort. And I'll say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to die to it. I'm just going (laughs) to die to it. And then it's almost like you get to the end. The Lord says, "Now I can give you stuff because you don't. It's not an idol for you." Okay. Amen. Thank. It, it, that was really good. That was awesome. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> okay, say it with me. Say God's provision. God's provision. Now just open your hands. A little symbolic. You say, "I receive it." I receive it. it forgiveness. How many of you need to grab the forgiveness? Why do you forgive yourself? Asked of me many, many times because God's forgiven me. Just say it. I receive it. it. Now, this is how you know if you did. Because you say, now I'm going to distribute it. I'm going to distribute forgiveness. I'm going to distribute grace. I'm going to distribute. I have provision. Say, "I've I've received it. Now I can give provision. You don't think the Lord would want us to be stewards of his provision on this earth? Yeah. He absolutely does. And not in some prosperity way. We're so prosperous, you know, we're the obedient ones. Sometimes the Lord gives amazingly godly, f- fervent people very little money. And you could just go, well, they're not as blessed as me. They could be blessed 100,000 times more than you. Yeah. Yeah. But they've, God's brought them in this different way of provision. Yeah. So it's not about more money or less money. It's about answering the call that you have. Are you good with it? This is the heart of it. You receive it, you distribute it, and that's how you know. And this is where we are with Nehemiah because this is where we're going to go with this book. This is where I'm going to start in this chapter. This is what's profound. You're going to see Nehemiah. We saw him. For those of you who are just coming with us new, I'm not going to reiterate the whole thing, but you can catch up online if you want. The heart of this is they've started restoring the inner parts of their city. They started building the walls inside around some of their sacred items. And they were slaves to the kings and the leaders. First, starting with King Cyrus, when the the, uh, kingdoms were split, called the Great Divorce. And then, little by little, then Nebuchadnezzar took over in the times of Daniel. And then, all the way to the present time, where Cyrus of Persia. I mean, Cyrus and then uh, King Artaxerxes became rulers. So they're under this great Persian empire. And now God has given them favor and they have their own freedom. And this is what happens. They start start getting, and this is my land. This is my land. I got this part. And then they start enslaving the ones that didn't have as much resources as them. And he's going to use this word called usury. You say it with me, usury. Usury Usury isn't the fact that you can't loan somebody money and have interest, right? Some of you right now, you see the interest rates, some as low as 3% now, 3%, 4%, it's pretty low. I remember in the 70s and so, I remember in the 50s, no, I'm kidding, I'm not that old. I remember being up at 21%, 22%. Yeah, for homes, 21, 22% for a house. Now, listen, they were, usury is an illegal almost, like you you have control of this person so much so. This person says, man, I can't make it happen. You know, I just don't have enough money to really get myself off the ground. And you tell them, hey, I'll help you, but, but you have to be enslaved to me with a certain percentage. I'm gonna jack it up so much that you're never gonna catch up. In other words, Your friends are more like frenemies, right? Is that the right term? I don't know. I'm not that cool with my lingo, but it's something like that, right? It's a friend, it's a brother, but they're charging you the high prices. Now, I think that there are some people you shouldn't give money to because they'll just blow it up their nose, right? Look, I got a new bong, mom. Check it out. That's not the person you want to pour more resources into it. Amen. Sometimes you got to withhold money. Do I hear amen? Amen. It's not a matter of lording it over somebody, but more money isn't going to help them. Okay? It's not a judgment either because you're looking at a big loser up here who has been redeemed by the Lord. Okay? No judgment at all. Jonah used to call me Bernie. Burn a hole in his pocket (laughs) because she she couldn't give me any money because down the toilet it would go. Okay? (laughs) Here's $10. Flush. Okay, listen. When the Lord brings his people into a time of success, how they deal with that success is going to be this whatever they did with their little dollars when they had nothing is exactly how they'll be when they have a lot. Amen. They'll, sp- they'll to spend everything on themselves and invest everything in themselves. But if they are generous with the, when the first dollar comes in and you are generous with that dollar, if you get talent in and God gives you gifts and you give your gifts away, then God will give you more. Think about it. It, When he speaks to you and you start to walk in the obedience of the ways of the Lord, he's going to go, I'll talk to you more. I've had plenty of times where I, I, I said, I feel like the Lord's not talking to me at all. I can read scriptures all day. And Jody will say to me, she goes, what's the last thing he told you? And I go, oh, that's the problem. (laughs) I thought if I ignored that, he'd give me some new command. (laughs) Like, Lord, thank you for that. I marked it with my black highlighter in the Bible, Lord. (laughs) Make sure I highlighted it. (laughs) And I said, now give me the new thing. How many have some old thing that the Lord's still talking to you about? Come on. Go do it. Go do that thing. Get it done with. Seems hard, but it's worth it. Say, I receive it. I Say, I'm going to give it out. I'm going to give it out. That's how it works. Now, Nehemiah, here we are. I'm going to start right there in the book. Chapter 5. Okay, They've already started building the outside of the wall. He told you got about halfway through. They're starting to build the other half. They're pretty much surrounded. The enemies are amassing around. But they're afraid because they know that God's provision is there. And people get afraid because they've never seen miracles like this. And especially when they've, you've been in slavery as long as they were. And many times that's the case for us. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, some 30 years. You've been enslaved to something. And God's saying, this is the time of your freedom. And you get that freedom. It's like the guy who finally quit smoking. He goes, yeah, and then he sees a guy who's been smoking, and he goes, I can't believe you're smoking that cigarette. I go, dude, you've been in bondage for 30 years, you're going to judge another smoker? <laughs> right? I mean, I've honestly thought that churches ought to have a smoking break for crying out loud, right? <laughs> because people are getting over stuff, Amen? And, and we can be patient. Now, this is where we are. Now, the men and their wives, this is this, this group from the back, that they're kind of like, we don't, we have, you know, we're, we're supposed to be in the promised land, and we finally have cut off all the debts that we owed because we get this land, so we're not indentured slaves anymore to pay off our debts because when they couldn't pay their debts, they'd have to enslave themselves. They say, I can't pay it, so I'm just enslaved to you so that my family can live. Pay me, and we'll just do whatever you want us to do. But don't let us die. That—that was basically how it worked. And now they have a sense of freedom, but they still have debts, and it's usury. It's way above. And they started with a great cry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, "We and our sons and our daughters are numerous. Like we got a ton of, we got a whole family clan here. You know, we got eight kids, we got ten kids, we got about fifty kids here. We got them bunch of our families." In order for us to eat and stay alive, we have to get grain. And others were saying, listen, we're mortgaging our own fields, our vineyards and our homes just to get grain. Every time there's a famine, every time it's no bad, we have to mortgage it. And you know that we don't have any leverage. So that's the time they jack up their prices. They go, yeah, we'll help you out. It's going to be 20%, 21%, 22%. Like we've received all this great gifts from the Lord. And then we withhold it. It reminds me, and I've probably shared the story once, but I worked at this big game company. And um, we bought this language technology, this guy Martin Rice, an incredible thinker. And he created all this uh, Berlitz and Think and Talk Spanish and how to teach language uh, through interactive media. And he was having this meeting with, I don't know, about maybe 100 or so uh, developers that are all part of the same company, and this one kid guy in the back, this young guy goes. He says, "Listen, if I offer you guys ideas, because he was going, let's come up with some ideas." And he goes, if, he goes, "If I offer an idea, this kid says in the back, he goes, and you don't use it. Does that mean that the company owns my idea?" And 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 Mart looked at him and he goes, he goes, "Hey, listen, because the answer is yes." And he says to him, and he goes, "Listen." If that's the only idea you're ever going to have, I'd probably hold on to it. <laughs> Do you really think that the Lord doesn't have a thousand million ideas? That you've got to be a little tightwad with your little idea? That's, that's really what it is. You've got all this talent. Some of you guys are teachers and you're smart. There's all kinds of things you've got experience. Some of you could write a book on just the stupid things you've done right? You should just write a book, the 20 stupid things you should never do, and put your own picture, (laughs) right? You just open up the thing. I've been wanting to write this book. (laughs) I just need your photo. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Listen, we all have something to give, amen? We all have something to offer somebody, And the Lord, as we get, listen, as we get the first dollar or we get that first gift from God, whatever that first thing, this is why first things are so important. You get that first thing. What you do with that first thing will be what you do with the next hundred thing that you get. That what you do with the one dollar is what you'll do with the hundred dollars. You won't just change, oh, I got a thousand dollars, I'm gonna be generous. I got a million dollars, I'll be generous. No, you won't. If you're a tightwad with the one dollar, trust me, you'll be a tightwad with $1,000. Because it's not the money, it's the heart. It's it's what you do with that talent. If you don't distribute your talent, why would you think that God is going to go, I'm going to just give you more? Because those times when the Lord has been silent in my life, he did it for the right reason. It's not like he wouldn't talk to me about anything like the Lord is ignoring me. But the Lord was basically getting my attention saying, you need to trust my leadership. When I'm leading you in a certain way, you need to trust me in it. And it's like he's building my trust. And I go, Lord, I've got to stay in control because that's always helped. How many realize it never helps? Control leaves you in bondage and you just get, you, it captivates you. It destroys you. Not that you can't have self-discipline. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you can't learn good habits, that you can't learn goal setting and things like that. But you know when you're too far that way. You're a control freak. All right, listen what he says. They're mortgaging our fields. Still others were saying, we've had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our field and vineyards. It's like piling on. We, you know, we had to pay this and we had to pay that. Now we got the king's tax. And, and then you know here he says, although we're from the same flesh and blood, like we're supposed to be brothers, we're supposed to be comrades, I'm supposed to be able to count on you. So instead of someone saying, hey, you got some debt, you are gonna have to pay me back on this, but you know what? I'm going to take care of you and they start to go on with you and they walk through it with you. When I first came to Christ, I hadn't paid taxes for several years and the Lord told me to start getting several things right. I had stolen stuff from Guitar Center. You can record it, okay? I stole stuff from this music store that I worked at because you don't put a thief in charge of closing the music store, okay? It's not a good plan. But I stole a bunch of stuff, and when I came to Christ, the Lord told me I needed to start getting right things right. So I went to the music store owner, and I told him, I said, listen. I go, I just came to Christ, and I shared the gospel with him. And I said, but I got to tell you, I stole stuff. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and God told me to get it right, and he told me to tell you. Because he was a big wig in the company. And by the way, we witnessed to a bunch of them. The vice president of this company, Guitar Center, became a Christian. He now, he's a worship leader at one of our fellow churches in Southern California. Hallelujah. (laughs) I go, listen, man, I'm going to pay it all back. We'll just make a big list. And I just was telling him, and I said, I go, but Don, you got to turn to Jesus right now. And I'm just telling him. I, I, was, I didn't realize this, but I, he just did not want me to witness to him, so he forgave the debt. <laughs> he goes, Eric, it's okay, just be quiet. So then when he forgave the debt, I went, praise God! Don, look at this. You forgave it. See how faithful God is? You have got to turn to the Lord. It's like, all right, I'm going to turn it back into a debt if you don't shut up about this. you know. <laughs> and, and, you know and, and then when I told the IRS, guess what they did? They so lovingly put a lien on everything that I owned. <laughs> I told them I was clean with it. I told them I've not filed taxes. I basically laid the whole thing out to them. And they put a lien. And then we had a friend of a friend, a gal, a Filipino woman, business lady, just call us up. We got this number. She calls us up and a total miracle. She says, hey, hey, she goes, we, I heard you guys ran into some trouble there with the government and God's getting you working in your life. I go, yeah. She gave us the money to cover the whole thing. Talk about the miracles of God. Do you know how important that was in that part of my life to see that God can cover my stupidity, my brokenness? A lot of the money I spent was because I was so broken in my life. I just thought if I bought more and got this, it would, so I'd spend money I didn't have. I'd take things just to make sure that I had enough provision. Whatever I needed to survive emotionally, God took care of it. Look at these guys here. You. Although we're the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, our boys are good. They have promise too. Yet we have to subject our sons and our daughters to slavery, to our own people. We as a people come into the provision of the Lord, and we've got to enslave some of the other ones to, to raise up the prices so we can't enjoy this together. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved. And look at his answer. He goes, but we're powerless. This is what he's been hearing. Because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. We don't have ownership. We we don't have anything that we can build on. And, And you guys are going, yeah, but we have more money. And listen, it's okay. Sometimes you have to leverage finances and resources to be wise with it. But sometimes you push the line and you're greedy. Sometimes you push it and you're not. People don't know that you're on their side to help them succeed. It's like you make the obstacles. We make the obstacles so big that it's impossible for them to climb. We, we don't give forgiveness with the same way that we got it. You know, well, I'll trust you. I'll forgive you if this. And you start to create all these barriers that people have to get past when the Lord so f- freely gives it to us. And that's why you know when you've received it. Because when you've really received it, you'll distribute it. It's the way that it works. That's the sign. When you start to distribute it, you go, wow, I've received it. And that's why there's many people that don't share the gospel with anyone. They don't want to share the good news because it's not good news to them. Church, religion to them is just, i got to start going to church now. i got to give up this. I can't smoke weed anymore. And they start to come up with this list. Listen, can I tell you, I don't care about your weed. Turn to the Lord. He'll heal you of the weed in his own good timing. Not worried about it. You can even tell me, you know, I smoked weed yesterday. Okay, fine. Can I pray for you anyway? Because I don't care. Because I know that God will clean up your heart and your motives and your mind and your soul, not to be like someone else, but to become who he created you to be. Amen. Amen. God is good. And I love Nehemiah's response. Watch this. Because he hears this. And think about it i'll give you the modern vernacular of this because he says when i heard their outcry and these charges you could just see nehemiah goes when i heard all this really after we got all this provision after you know you're forgiven after you know that god has provided and he goes i'm telling you i was totally ticked this is nehemiah like like really you got you got a nickel and dime your neighbor because of this some of you guys have extra cars. Guess what? There are people in our congregation that need cars. Real simple. Got an extra car? Loan out your car for a while. Maybe they'll break your car. God will provide another car because of your generosity. Amen. Amen? Amen? You don't think God can cover that? I'm Seriously, and I don't mean this to, to give money to the church. Some people need an extra 500 bucks to get through the day. Some, some parents are trying to send their kids to camp, and you can make a difference. Just it's, it's you're, An extra 200 bucks is going to be so little in your pocketbook, it's not going to matter. And you're just going to go, man, I'll take them to camp. And this is not, I'm not doing another offering. I'm telling you from my heart these principles. I live this way. I'm telling you, God will take the little things that you have, whatever you do with that first part, and he'll multiply it. These Jews that he's confronting, these particular nobles and officials, they were already living in the same greed. When they were getting bombarded by Artaxerxes, and they were under the captivity of the enemy, somewhere in their mind said, I'm going to live like that so I can have power one day. And the minute they did, they enslaved their leaders. This is over a 70 to 90 year period, enslaving their own people. God wants to deliver us. Amen? All right. I ponder them in my mind. And then I accused the nobles and officials. By the way, there is a way to confront people and there's a way not to confront people. If you're confronting them because you just need to get it off your chest and you just need to tell them what they are, then you're not being a minister of the Lord. God will want to confront you for their benefit. And he says, I accused them right there. I told him, you are exacting usury. You're jacking up the prices. You're making it impossible for your own countrymen. It's like we have soldiers coming back in in our country where the the moms have been raising their kids or the reverse, and the dads out there in the battlefield somewhere in Afghanistan and Iraq battling our fights for us. And we need, as a country, we need to, as a city, be there to help people when they need it. Amen. Amen? We make provision. He goes, your exacting reason. This is what I want to say. This is the first part here. Six, it's not the first part. Sorry. i want to get you guys depressed. How long is this message going to be? Oh, six hours. <laughs> Letter A, success reveals your true heart. How many believe that's true? Okay, seven of you. That's good. So look at him. I called together a large meeting to deal with them. And I said, as far as possible, we have brought back, we have bought back, paid for, our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. We bought them. We bought them. They were enslaved in these terrible companies. They were in slavery in those lands, and we paid for it with God's provision by the edict of this king through God's power and prophecy, and it came true, and we bought them back just so that we could enslave them ourselves. Look what he says. He goes, Now you're selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us? You got talent from the Lord. You got forgiveness from the Lord, grace from the Lord. For some of us, it's attitude. You get attitude. And God gives you a few friends, and he's so good to you, and then you have a terrible attitude all the time. Our attitude should be that the same of Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And look what he says. He finishes here. Only for them to be sold. And I love this. But they kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. That's how it was. They kept quiet. Because when someone confronts you in love and it's straight up, then what, you can't say anything. Just own it. Just go, you're right. That's who I am. It's a new day today. Amen? Yeah. Some of you and some of me, we need to be forgiven today and start a new day. I continued. Listen to what he says. What you're doing is not right. It's not right. It's not helping you. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God. Shouldn't you have seen? You've seen that he's not talking about like oh, be afraid of God. Shouldn't you have had a respect of seeing God's principles, seeing how good and powerful they are, seeing how free they were, not free to God it cost His Son, but free to us, and how freely it got. And then shouldn't we have walked in that fear to say, Gosh, the Lord provided this for me. He goes, and we would have avoided the reproach of the Gentiles. He goes, the people around you watch and they say, you're making, we're making our chosenness of God look bad. What we are, blessed and graced by God, should be a light to the world. It literally should smell good. I love making scallops. And Jody hates when I make scallops. She'll go, What are you making? I go, Scallops. It's like, I don't. Jody only goes out of town a couple times a year. And I miss her. But I also miss my scallops. And the very first thing I do when she leaves town is I buy scallops. It's like all the Smith employees know when Jody's gone. They go, you sure you want to buy 16 bags of scallops? I'm just kidding. That's an exaggeration. (laughs) But listen, don't you want to smell good? Just, you know, ladies, men, we put perfume, we put cologne on. It smells good. What about if our life has an odor? It should smell good not cocky. Well, guess how great I am. Listen, we're all we're all recipients of grace. Say I receive it. I receive it. Say I distribute it. I distribute it. This is a key. This is how you know. I and my brothers, my men are also lending the people money. Look at he puts himself in the same boat but not the guilt. He goes, "Listen, I loan things out to people too. They couldn't make things work I did, but not usury." I made the price affordable. I made it so they could succeed. There's, there's a way that you can help people with finances that's not just a freebie, but they learn to earn it. You help people be a part of success. I will help you be successful, but I'm not going to make it so hard, hard that you're going to lose. You, we put our kids in those situations, amen? You give your kids obstacles to overcome so life's not always easy but you make it in the sense that they'll stumble a little bit, but win, yeah. right? And some of you have been raised where you're always losing. You go, man, I'm losing, I'm losing, so it's hard. And so you don't receive the grace, and that's why you don't distribute it. Let today be a new day. I want to go back to Deuteronomy to give you a, one of God's principles. This is him looking for the Lord's day, which is the day of Christ. So powerful. This Old Testament stuff is so powerful. At the end of every seven years, say the word seven. Seven, seven is an amazing number. If you look at the book of Revelation, it says this is the letter to the seven churches, you know, the seven thrones, you know, the seven seals with the seven trumpets and the seven thunders, and he names all these sevens. It's the culmination of everything that's happened. The seven judgments, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of wrath. God is bringing everything to consummation. It's really a picture of everything that's happening in our world uh, and from different vantage point. It's not just an end times book. It's revelation, not of end times, revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the revelation. Now, he says at the end of seven years, the one that they're pointing to is Christ. He is the day of the Lord. He is that culmination of seven when everything gets forgiven. And God is painting this picture to his Old Testament people. He's telling them when he gives out the law, he goes, here's the law of everything you do. And by the way, when you don't do it, Every seven years, I'll forgive all the debt. Listen to what he says. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. What? I'm going to make them pay it until they pay me back. It's a 30-year loan. It's a 50-year loan. Listen, this is how it's to be done. Every creditor shall cancel any loan they have made to a fellow Israelite. They shall not require payment from anyone among their own people because the Lord's Time for canceling debt Has been proclaimed Listen how many you need that Seven years completed right now Listen receive The provision of the Lord it's in the cross Let God walk you Out of the debt today Let him start his His motion Romans 13 in the New Testament Clarifies this it says Let no debt remain outstanding Except the continuing Debt to love one another. There's so many scriptures that says don't live in debt if you don't have to. And, and, I, and I realize we live in a culture you, it's, you can't buy a house unless you get in debt. You can't buy a car and some people are really strict on, on that. I think we live in the culture we live in. But at the same time you have to be wise with your money. If you've been in bad debt get counsel, right? Get coaching and let the Lord's grace and provision show you how he'll walk you out of it. Come clean. How many say amen? amen? Amen. Okay, then he says, give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards. This is Nehemiah. He knows this Deuteronomy law. He knows that this is a time where God's providing goes, give it back to them. When? One more time? Immediately. immediately. Do give it back to them immediately. Olive grows, fields, vineyards, olive groves, houses. Also the usury. You know the extra interest that you've been charging? Give it back. It's not right. You're charging them the hundredth part of the money, grain, new, wine, and oil. Now, this is the provision here, and I'm going to give you just a summary here as we close up. Okay? We receive it. We distribute it. This is it. And this is what we can learn about success. How you treat the little things is how you'll treat the big things. (sighs) I can't tell you this enough. You guys, this is a big deal. That's a big deal right here. I told you I was going to give you a caveat at the end, and I will. Okay? But I want you to understand this principle. What you do with the first things, the beginning of your day, right? The beginning of your relationships, the way that you give your heart away, what you do in the little details is exactly what you'll do with the big things. What you do with the little things. This is why it's so important to the Lord, where he goes, listen, listen. They're going, Lord, what about this? How are we going to provide it for? What about the future? You're going to restore the kingdom. He goes, listen. Seek first the kingdom. All these other things will be added unto you as well. He goes, not only will you get, he goes, anyone who gives up house and this and he names all these things will get that in this life. He goes, "I'll, I'll take care of it in this life and in the age to come. But anyone who tries to seek after those things will lose it. Anyone who looks to find his life is going to lose it. But anyone who's willing to just lose their life for my sake, for my ways, the way that I created reality, the way that you'll succeed in it, and off they go. (laughs) I love it. You know, it it says anyone who gives that up will find it. Amen? See how oblivious we are? You have no idea how important I am. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I'm not important at all. He obviously knows it. Okay. Now listen, I don't mean to make this about finances, but it's important. God uses treasure all the time. What you do with the first dollar, like I said, is exactly what you'll do with the second dollar. They say that with, with great power comes great responsibility. Okay? So... How you respond to his voice in the little areas of your life where the Lord says, hey, listen, I want you to turn a corner here. God's not telling you 100 things. You might have 100 things in your mind, but trust me, the Lord is probably only working on one, maybe two things in your life right now. That's it. Do you love his voice and start to cherish it, even if it's not agreeable to you? Do you start to re- God values loyalty above every other thing. You know why I know this? Because his loyalty is unwavering. He is fiercely loyal to you. If not, if you're not listening to those little things, why do you think that God would all of a sudden go, i got this great big thing I want to tell you. God is waiting for you to listen to the little things. It's like when you talk to one of your kids when they're younger. My kids are older now, but you talk to younger and you go, hey, listen, Now you got to hear me on this. You be careful where you play, but I want you to do this. And they follow that, you go, hey, I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'll tell you what, you could play in these three yards now. Go out there, and pretty soon they're really responsible. To go, yes, you can go to the store, and you can come back. Go with a friend, okay? Here's my pistol. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's my L.A. roots coming out. If not, why do you think God would give you a mighty calling if you're not hearing him in the little things? This is the nutshell of my message. How many here get something out of this, by the way? I hope, are you really? Raise your hand, really. Are you here? This is not for my encouragement. Trust me, I'm already encouraged in the Lord. I don't need, it's not that I don't need any encouragement, but I'm not having you say it so I get some affirmation. I'm saying, I'm asking you to respond to the Lord so that you can see your own heart is saying yes to God. How you respond to voice. Now, let her see here, and I'm almost done here. What is your attitude during the small trials in your life? What's your attitude? How is your attitude with a few close friends that God has given you? Are, are you do you help them move forward? Do you, do you see them and believe in them? Do, are, you an in, are, are you a person that people can lean on? Are, are you an attitude that moves life forward? Why would God give you more influence? If you can't be good with the small people around you, how many say amen? amen. There are some of you, listen, and I've been there too, where you, you, you're negative in small areas, and God is restricting you now. He, he restricts your domain. I've lived this out where the Lord, it was almost like the Lord put me in the corner, right? And, and I'd go, I am stronger than this corner. I will kick this corner's butt. I'm getting out of the corner. And I'd move into the center of the room, and God would rewrite the room so the corner was right there. <laughs> How many have experienced this? And it's like no matter where I go, I'm in a corner. <laughs> it's like I can go 100,000 miles <laughs> in an open desert, and all of a sudden this corner emerges. You know what I mean? I go, I'm stuck in the corner again. And I'm trying to influence and whatever, and it's not helping. And God's going, you're not even faithful. A lot of times God will go, how are you treating your wife right now? Okay, I'm in the corner right now. <laughs> right? How many guys can relate to what I'm saying? Wives, how many can relate to this? Come on. There, there are times, you know, that men respond to respect. They really do. And it doesn't have to be fake. You can build, my wife, you guys can say something complimentary, but my wife believes in me. I am 100 feet tall. It makes a huge difference. And husbands, the same way. See your wife the way the Lord sees her, and you will see a mighty woman of God. Women, you'll see a mighty man of God. He goes to Gideon and says, Mighty man of God. Gideon's like, What? The angel goes, I know who you are. Trust me, I've read the Lord's mind on this. The Lord says the same thing of Timothy You're not a little nothing. You're something. There's a bunch of stuff you're going to do that I'm going to build my church around. Powerful stuff. (sighs) Listen to this. And this is the summary. And then I'm going to give Nehemiah's people's response. If you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, listen, he's given them the talents. He's going, Here you go. What are you going to do with it? And some bury it and do all that stuff. And they they don't do anything with it. They get talent, they just keep it to themselves. You know, they get generosity and grace from God, and instead of giving it to others, they just revel in their own grace, and then they capture it. You know, people smile at them, and they smile back at them, but they won't give it to people who don't smile. Sometimes you gotta smile at the people who aren't smiling back. Sometimes you gotta love the people who don't love you back. That's the that's the way that God is. And he says, listen, and he says, listen, Imagine this. And if you get this, you will leave enriched. I promise you, right here. If you can't handle the little tangible examples, then that's all they are. They're little samples. It's like, here, try the cheese at Costco. Here, try the cheese and you can get the whole bar. Okay? (laughs) If you can't handle the little things, he's saying basically, do you understand the deep treasures and depth of the power of the kingdom of God. The kingdom, everything that emanates from the creative, glorious God of the heavens and the earth. Transcendent, always existing. Never a moment where he not, wasn't. All powerful, all loving, all goodness, everlasting love and power. He says, the depths that I want to share with you, that I want to pour through you, If I can't trust you with little stuff, with the first dollar, how can I pour provision through your life? How can I pour the riches and revelation of my glory in this place if I can't trust you with the little things? I give you burdens for people and you judge them. I I show you their weaknesses and you gossip about them. When you could be the power of prayer and change, we could be the influence that is mighty in the land. This is our inheritance. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood set apart for the glory of God. He brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the son that he loves. This is our provision. Watch Nehemiah's people because he asks them, he says, we'll give it back they say, and we'll not demand anything more. This is our clothes. We'll do as you say. So I summoned the priests and the noble officials, and I told them, I said, is this what you're really gonna do? Or is this what you promised? Are you are gonna take an oath that you kept this? He goes, then he walked up and he sh- shakes his his robe. Stuff starts falling out, his provision, his money, all that stuff just falls to the ground. He goes, and if, the, if you don't keep your word on this, It'll be just like what I just did. All that you have is just going to fall to the dust of the earth. It's going to become nothing. It's just going to shake. Empty your pockets. It's all going to fall. It doesn't matter how much you'll have. You, you'll have your wave runners and you'll have all your toys, but you won't be able to enjoy it. It's always going to be another gasket that blows. It's always going to be the gas that's the wrong gas you are putting in it and you didn't see that iceberg and whatever it is. You know, it's going to be something or other, right? You know the icebergs we have in Utah Lake, right? And this is what it says. The whole assembly said amen, and they praised the Lord. And the people did as they promised. Now, I'm going to give you the caveat right now. Because how many know they did not keep this up? Christ came. You, you, you are right now going to a time of, you know, the hidden, hidden period of 400 years. And then Rome is going to, Greeks going to come in and conquer, you know, the Persians. Rome is going to come in and conquer the Greeks. They're going to set up an empire and then they're going to distribute everybody according to their birthright and there's going to be someone little born named Jesus the Christ who is a descendant of that King David a couple thousand years before prophesied. And he's going to make a way and because this is the truth. The truth is that we cannot make this on our own. I would love to give you just whatever you reap, you sow, and it's true, Galatians 6. And if you're stuck on Galatians 6, I really strongly recommend you read Galatians 1 through 5. <laughs> <laughs> because you will see that it is not a human effort that makes a difference. That's not its point in Galatians 6, for those of you who know it. We cannot do this, and so we need God's help. We can't. We don't just want, oh, I was really good with that dollar. Now be great. We just need to recognize that we need the Lord's power to show us how to rethink our lives. We don't know how to parent. We don't know how to grandparent. You know, we don't know how to be the great brother and sister. But with God's help, I can do all things through Christ. Why don't you close your eyes and really respond to the Lord? Not to me, but put you, when I tell you to put your hand up, do it to God, would you? Father, we come before you and we trust your provision. Lord, I know how good your goodness is. Not the depth of it, but I've been walking with you for a long time. And I've seen your power and your mercies that are new every morning. Lord, we want to put our hope in you. And I tell you right now, if you hear my voice, the Lord is loyal to you. He so loved the world. You're part of that world. He gave us one and only son whoever believes in him shall not perish but you'll have everlasting life you'll be with him if you need that hope right now you've not put your hope in christ you just raise your hand and say lord i need the forgiveness i need your provision i need your deliverance we have a class called base camp that'll help you walk that out you can come see that second of all you know that you've not been good with that first parts that the lord has given you and you need repentance and you need power to change you you, listen some of you think oh the church just wants your money and all that stuff can i just tell you that is so far from the truth the church the people the pastors its leaders they want you to be blessed the church isn't about some structure, organization. It's not about buildings or anything else. It's about the people. The people are the church. Put God first with your time. Get, put God first with your talents, with your treasures. Put God first with your attitude. Put God first, and you just want to declare, Lord, I want to do it. I'm loyal to you, and he knows you are. But now raise your hand and say, Lord, fill me with Fill me with the provision to accomplish this great deed. And just acknowledge to God, with your power, I can become the mighty man, the mighty woman of God. Put your despair behind you. Put your discouragement and your fear behind you. Be strong and courageous. Wherever you put your foot, I will give you that land. Open your mind to God's ways. I will instruct you and teach you and show you the way that you should go. I will show you the way that you should walk. And let my blessings, even through trials, be brought out with power and mercy. And let my influence impact your life, your world, and the world around you. And Lord, we surrender to it. In the mighty name of jesus christ and put a hand on someone next to you on their shoulder please don't get sexual just touch their shoulder or something and just say lord come on i say i receive it say now i'm going to distribute it and just now let's pray lord bless them you know what they need let the lord fill you with some prophecy lord encourage them when they're hurting Lord, show them the love you have for them they can't see. Extend your forgiveness to them, Lord, with power. Lord, there's broken areas in their lives right now. Some of you are facing lost loved ones. God's provision goes into eternity. He's got you even where you failed. And Lord, we trust you. Bring your provision now. Lord, as a former addict, as a former broken person, Lord, even in the death, you'll be with me. Lord, bless them. Bless them. Bless their kids. Bless their resources. Bless their jobs. Bless their career. Bless their calling, Lord. Bless their broken heart. Show them how to live right and think right. Not like a religious person, but like who you've made them to be. In Jesus' mighty name, Do I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Let's praise the Lord, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name. God bless. We'll see you next week.